Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Caroline Lovett, and I'm thrilled to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essay is called Sick Leave, and what I really don't have time for is not eating all the chocolate in the house. Asha Bromfield is the author of Hurricane Summer. Asha is an actress, singer, and writer of Afro-Jamaican descent. She is known for her role as Melody Jones, drummer of Josie and the Pussycats in The CW's Riverdale. She also stars as Zadie Wells in Netflix's hit show Lock and Key. Asha is a proud ambassador for the Dove Self-Esteem Project, and she currently lives in Toronto, where she is pursuing a degree in communications. In her spare time, she loves studying astrology, wearing crystals, burning sage, baking vegan desserts, and taking walks to the park with her dogs Luca and Kyra. Hurricane Summer is her debut novel. Welcome, Asha. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Hurricane Summer. Hello. Thank you for having <laughs> me, Zibby. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. This is great. I was just saying to you, as you know, like you're a beautiful writer. I mean, first of all, the letter you wrote to readers was so moving in the beginning that, and most books don't have that. I mean, it's it's just like, okay, settle in. 
Like your heart is on the page. We're Mm -hmm. going with you on this journey. And then we literally like board the plane with you and off we go. So anyway, tell listeners what, what your book's about, how you ended up writing a book. I want to know about everything, your whole career, the actor, everything. So yeah. Oh my God. So you're awesome. Thank you for saying all of that. I appreciate it. And it's an interesting story. I mean, I've been an actor for 10 years, well, more than that now, like almost 13 years in the business. And I was just at this place where I was really frustrated being a black actress in the business, like a lot of the stories I would get, I always found them so limiting. A lot of the auditions or the roles that I would book, I felt like I was always sort of like a quota filler. And I never felt like I was really seeing my life reflected back to me, like the fullness of my humanity. And I'm a Scorpio, which means I'm super emotional, (laughs) which means I've got a lot of ups and downs in my life and things that I've gone through that, you know, I wanted to see on screen that I feel like, you know, that representation is so important. And that's where I got the idea to write Hurricane Summer because I wanted to just expand this narrative about what it means to come of age, especially as a young woman of color. I think that oftentimes in our society, we think that it looks different, but it doesn't really. Like I wanted to see a story that didn't center around a character's race, but centered around her humanness. You know, Tilla is 17 years old and she goes to Jamaica to visit her father for the first for the first time. And he's a strange from the family and she goes down during one of the worst hurricanes that the island has ever seen all the notes to her like she doesn't realize this at the time but there's this like impending hurricane that is like about to destroy the island essentially and what started as sort of a journey of seeking the love of her father quickly turns into this journey of discovering the love of herself because quite literally there's a hurricane coming in her own life so the title is kind of a metaphor for a lot of the secrets that she discovers beyond on the veil of paradise. And then, you know, diving into that, the book just really explores themes of sexuality. I think womanhood, the father-daughter relationship and how that impacts a woman's self-esteem or her understanding of herself, her worth, and also just young love, making mistakes, being messy and discovering who you are in the midst of chaos. And yeah, that's how Hurricane Summer came about. (laughs) Wow. I mean, you make it even sound even better. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I read in one interview that you did they asked you for a movie tagline, like what would the movie poster say? And you said something amazing. It was like, how beautiful it is to be destroyed. Uh, Yeah. Right. That was so good. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's interesting because like, I think also just going back to my emotionality as a young kid, I had so many emotions and I often felt shamed a lot of the time by society as if like being too sensitive or being too emotional. And what I've learned as I've grown and I'm growing into like my womanhood, it's like, and I've become I'm a woman. I'm, I'm really learning that like emotions are so much of our superpower and it's really about learning to honor it and surrender to it in those moments of deep despair, allowing it to destroy us and allowing us, you know, to be recreated, to have the courage to create something new once, you know, we go through the heaviest times in our lives. I think that's what, that's the resilient of the human spirit, you know? No, it's so true. I just interviewed recently the author of a book called How to Be Sad. And it was all about like the power of allowing yourself to feel all those emotions because actually one of the biggest side effects is connection, right? Right. When you put yourself in that space, you're much more open to connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what fuels us in a way. So yeah, I was trying to convince my daughter of this this morning and I'm like, but you're going to be somewhere connected because of your crying fit. And she's like, whatever. So yeah, but I agree. (laughs) 
That's so funny you say you're a Scorpio this morning. I literally like posted my horoscope on Instagram because I was like, no way. I'm a Leo, but I'm like, this is so accurate. I love Leos. You guys are amazing. I'm a Leo. I think my rising or something is a Leo. So I I have a love for Leos. Yeah. I'm so into astrology. So I love that. What, what is Scorpio? I don't have a child or a loved one who's a Scorpio, so I don't know enough about it. Well, we've got kind of got a bad rap, but you know, I think it's just, it takes a Scorpio a bit longer to evolve depending on like where they are in their lives because we feel things so intensely. So it can be good or bad in the sense of like, you know, we have a lot of emotions. If we use it productively, it's good for creating, you know, passion, being a loyal friend, partner, but obviously like each side, there's duality on both sides, but I love being a Scorpio. It's it's brought me hurricane summers. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Tell me about the cover. Were you involved in this? Like how did was this how you had envisioned it from the start? What did you think? Oh my gosh. So it's so funny. This cover was like probably one of the most stressful things of my life. I was absolutely involved in it. And I learned a lot about the book process through it because I had a very specific vision for the cover. I knew that I wanted Tilla to be standing in the storm. I knew I wanted to see the storm in her hair and around her kind of consuming her. And it it took a little bit of time, honestly, to get there. And we ended up having to take, I actually ended up having to do like a whole photo shoot and like a whole reference photo to sort of show what I wanted it to look like. And yeah, it was, that's kind of how it came about. And from there, we had an amazing artist from Thailand who painted the cover and yeah. Wow. So cool. Wow. It's just gorgeous. Thank you. Really beautiful. Do you have this necklace? This is like, I don't know why I'm asking you an impression to you. It's like so pretty. I do. I totally do. Yeah. I I bought a necklace in LA a few years ago that looks just like it. And that's sort of where the inspo came from. Nice. I love it. Well, tell me a little more about the writing of this book and the story. And, you know, you wrote so poignantly about how it feels to have your dad, you know, not be around, not you. I know. I, I kept having it. I kept flipping to the cover. I'm like, this is a memoir. It's not a memoir. Like, question. I mean, it's kind of, I would say like people, people definitely ask me that. It's, I would say this, it's, inspired by trips to Jamaica, but my life is pretty different from Tilla's because I used to go to Jamaica quite often. I would go every summer as a child. So yeah, a lot of this was based off of my own healing with my own father, you know, discovering what it means to be a young woman with agency who has forgiven, you know, what does it look like to forgive my dad for things that I feel like he could have done better. And it sort of started as this journey of like, catharsis, you know, and it kind of moved into this journey of like just deep healing as the book continued to, to go on, you know, and I found myself more in the character. You wrote about the dad though, with a lot of compassion, like as the reader, we understood the dad sort of wanting to be back where he was from, right? How he doesn't, he didn't kind of fit in here, how he, he wanted to be like out and about and doing like what he did and I, and like how his role here or was just, you know, it wasn't his whole self. And so you kind of understood that like, this is where he belongs. And he tried to make this family work, but it just was like, you know, square peg round hole situation. And for him to be who he was, not that it excused like the year of absence or whatever, but, but I don't know. You just, I, I, it wasn't like an anger. It, Mm -hmm. It didn't come across as angry. It came across as like compassionate and understanding, which was really interesting. 
I mean, listen, it wasn't always that way in my own, <laughs> my dad. And like, even just, I feel like this idea of forgiveness was so important to tackle because I think so many of us will hold ourselves hostage to the mistakes and errors and, you know, learning of our parents when it's like, I guess I just, I arrived at this question of like, what happens to the girls who are daddy's girls, but now are no longer getting, you know, that love from their father. They're no longer validated through the men in their life. And through Tilla, it was almost like this journey of really understanding what it means to release and to forgive someone and learning that we do that for ourselves. When we understand that our parents only do the best that they can to their level of awareness and their level of consciousness. And when you realize that a lot of the times, like, you know, our parents are just grown up big kids who are hurting too, who have a lot of trauma and repressed things that they haven't dealt with and that they did the best that they can. And I just feel like a lot of people don't often get that perfect apology from their parents. Oftentimes we don't get apologies for the things that our parents have done wrong in our lives, but it's like, we still have to rectify it within our own souls. We still have to come to terms with it and move forward. And through the story, I wanted to show the power of forgiveness, how we do it for ourselves, you know, to set ourselves free from, I say in the book, there's a line that I love when Tilo says like, you know, where she's forgiving like the sins of her father, you know, she's not going to hold herself hostage her whole life because her father was unable to show up for her. So I think that's why it was important for me to show it with compassion because I didn't feel like the things Tyson was doing was intentionally to harm Tilla, you know? Here, maybe I'll read this quick passage. When you said, my father was, I'll just read this little bit. My father was born in the countryside of Jamaica. And although he moved to Canada in his twenties, his heart never left the island. And then you talk about your mom, but you said dad could never let go. Although he started a family abroad, Jamaica was the one he longed for when he was with us. She was his first love. My gosh, my dog, I'm sorry. It didn't matter that together we had built a house. We were not his home. Mm. I mean, that's really poignant and powerful there anyway. And then you were saying we were changed with every goodbye words that teach you heroes don't exist. I mean, you write so beautifully here. Let me read this. Wait, one more. Okay. The last time we saw him, the familiarity of anxious silence filled our house the way it did every Sunday afternoon. Silence on Sundays was the calm before every storm Mia and I were forced to witness. It was the prelude to the screaming, the yelling, the breaking things, the prelude to my mom telling him he was full of, you know, whatever, I'm not cursing, before slamming the door in his face, to him packing his bags and telling her to, you know, lots of curses in this <laughs> passage, actually. Venomous words children should never hear their parents view at each other. Words that cut deep and take away the little innocence you have left. Words that pierce through your heart and stay buried there forever. Words that teach you heroes don't exist. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. You, I mean, that is good stuff. Thank this is you. really, I mean, it's good. It's Thank really, you so much. really great writing. I, appreciate I really like that. It's just, it's real life lessons. It's something that we all have to learn because even if we had the most perfect parents, there's still things that we all wish our parents could have done better. And I think that when we, I don't know, just kind of, I guess, surrender to it, see the pain for what it was and address it, see it head on we're able to just forgive it. I remember listening to an Oprah podcast like years ago, and she talked about how our parents only have the capacity to love as much as they were loved. You know, as I said before, like we have to be able to forgive people for not being able to act outside of their level of awareness and consciousness. And for me, that was the journey that I had to come into, not only with my, my father, but within my life, you know, there's so many disappointments from other people, things that people say that get buried in us that we hold on to. And I think there's so much power in just being able to see it and understand that it doesn't belong to you, that a lot of the pain and suffering that we put ourselves through is oftentimes just a projection of the people around us and sort of recognizing like, okay, this is not about me. This is because my father didn't receive the love that he needed, you know? And so I'm going to hold space for that. And I think it's just a powerful lesson that we could all apply in any situation. So true. Yeah. I mean, you're very wise. Thank you. Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds so, I don't know condescending or something, you know, like I'm like this older, you know, sage or something. No, but I love it. It's true. It's very wise. Tell me about what it was like to write this book. How long did it take? Like, where did you do it? How did you find time? How did you mix this in with your acting career and all of that? Yeah. So I actually was lucky and I say lucky because I was not booking and I was going through this like dry spell. And I remember being so depressed. I had just not finished on Riverdale. I wasn't really sure what was happening with Riverdale. And I remember just being like, God, like why? Like, you know, just wanting it to work so bad. And I knew that it was like, okay, if the industry is not going to give me what I need, I then need to create it. And as I said, that's where the book came from. And so writing this story was really empowering for me because I realized that there's so much power in owning our voices and our stories. I think oftentimes, especially in this industry, it's so easy to like get comfortable waiting for someone to hand us something. We're auditioning and all this stuff. But this book really just taught me self-agency. I wrote some of it in Chicago. I wrote some of it in LA. I wrote some of it in Vancouver, just like flying different places and auditioning and trying to get work. And it's interesting now looking back and I realize exactly why I wasn't working because if I was, I wouldn't have been able to write the book. And 
I think that's kind of the beauty of life, you know, to, uh, that's exactly the messaging of the book, taking what is oftentimes perceived as the worst of times. Cause I think it was like a two to three year period where I hadn't booked at all. And I just being so sad, but using that period and crafting something, you know, and just understanding that there's like a bigger plan, I believe for all of us at play. It's just, we're not always in tune with the seasons of our life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's yes. about chilling out and just like, you yeah, know, writing. So that's how it came about. Yes. Just willing it to be so does not yeah. make it so. Mm-hmm. Despite, totally. uh, yeah, which is incredibly frustrating, right. but <laughs> it only makes sense after. Mm-hmm. But yes. Oh, and then we look back and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, do you have more plans to write? I mean, I know you have a lot going on. And by the way, I loved your Dove campaign you have going on and your involvement with the Crown, you know, news. What's not, not. Yes, the Crown Act. Yes, I know. Act, you know, and getting people to sign that and just like your whole like natural hair essay that was amazing and, you know, just so cool. So tell me about like you're getting involved in everything. When are you doing what? Like, what's the plan? Well, the plan right now is that I have a deadline to write my second book. So that's new for me. I'm currently working on my second book. It takes place again in 70s Jamaica. It's about the political war that was happening between a more like socialist party and a more conservative party that ended up being a huge war where a lot of people in the ghettos were having to fight on behalf of the politicians because there was a lot of like interference from the CIA, drugs being funneled into the ghettos. And then it follows two girls, Irie and Jilly, who go to the same school, but are from two completely opposing classes. Jilly is rich. She's from the hills. Irie's from the ghetto. And we sort of see how the power of music and reggae music, which also a lot of people don't know this, but reggae music was also like not welcomed in Jamaica in the early seventies. It was seen as like very rebellious music. And so we see how the power of music kind of brings them together and the choices they make versus the choices that choose them. So that's been interesting. And I think just in general, I want to continue writing, you know, with hurricane summer, one of my favorite themes in the book is just this exploration of young womanhood. I realized so much how women are so discarded and shamed in a lot of ways and aren't given a space to safely explore themselves sexually, to feel celebrated, you know, in their own power as they become a woman and just really uncovering that shame and why is it there for so many girls. And I was really inspired throughout my own journey of becoming a woman and Tilla's journey to continue writing stories for young women that kind of pull back the curtain of this I want to say it's sexuality, but it's also like this sensuality that girls are never fully given the space to discover, you know, and it's either it's like we have these overt forms of sexuality in media or it's like we don't see it at all. This repressed version, but there's no like middle ground where there's this like balance for us to kind of figure it out. And so I'm passionate about exploring stories that show women uncovering their womanhood and covering who they are and stepping into their power. So I hope to continue writing books that cover that. That's so great. I love that. Thank you. And your your Netflix show, is that still yeah. filming? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So we just wrapped on the third season of Locking Key. The second season, I think, premieres October 22nd. And I just had my first, actually, my first episode of Riverdale where I narrated the entire thing. And that episode was like, again, such a forging of love because it came about because of the Black Lives Matter movement, us speaking up and really calling out the show, which then led to us getting our own episode, which was really 
really amazing. So that was really cool. That just came out, I think two weeks ago, episode 515, Return of the Pussycats on Riverdale. (laughs) And uh, fingers crossed for a spinoff. So that's kind of where my focus is right now. Oh, wow. So exciting. Really cool. Well, I feel like if we were like long and shorting stocks, I feel like, you know, I would like go long on you. I feel like oh. your stock is about to take off and, you. you know, I, I mean, not that it hasn't already, but I just, you have like, you're, it, it's just really cool to watch. Oh, I'm like, honored. Thank you. I, I'm just excited. Honestly, I feel like there's so much love to be had in this world and so much healing available. And we've seen the shift that the world is taking. And I think people are ready for these messages. People want more diverse stories, more, more layered stories, more full stories, because at the end of the day, we are all human and we're so connected, you know, even with Tilla, like this idea of sexual shame, just like we all, so many women know what that is, that journey is and releasing your parents, forgiving your parents. I think that what I'm trying to say is these stories are so universal and I look forward to more of them, you know, just being able to contribute to that global consciousness, the raising of love vibrations and, you know, healing because so many of us need it. So, yeah. Wow. So last question, what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Oh my goodness. Okay. Don't believe the negativity because there's going to be a lot of opinions. And if I believed everyone that told me not to write a book, I would not have been here. There were a lot of people who told me not to write a book and just told me I wasn't ready or told me, you know, it just wasn't the time. You just can't listen to the naysayers. I got rejected by everyone and it just takes one. Yes. So, and I'm, by the way, I, I went into this, I didn't know much about being a writer, but I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm kind of on TV. Like maybe people will like take my email seriously. Didn't happen. (laughs) As a matter of fact, there are people who wouldn't read my emails because of that too. So yeah, I, I learned a lot about the book industry and I just feel like it always comes back to believing in yourself. You have to be so adamant about your vision and just know that you're worthy because you had the idea like period, you know, I think oftentimes we think we have to be so worthy or like, we're not good enough. And we're trying to live up to this fake standard. It's like, no, because the idea dropped in your head and you thought to do it, you're worthy of writing it. And I think just like commit to doing that, make it the best that you can and believe in it because I think it's, it's really just time and it only takes one. Yes. So yeah. True. It only takes one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I actually just started my own publishing company. It's called Zibby books because I'm trying to help. Yeah. I'm wow. trying to like, you know, oh, that's so incredible. do it, do it over the way I would want it to be working. Cause I've written a couple of books myself and I've been talking to authors wow. for three and a half years and I'm like, see all these opportunities. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But it's yeah. going to go great. Congratulations. <laughs> so that's so exciting and amazing. Awesome. Well, it was great to meet you and I wish you all the best and I'll be following along. Oh, so. Thank you, Zivi. All the best to you too. And you have given me so much inspo. That book, those colors behind you. Oh my goodness. I know that the listeners can't hear, but her bookshelf is popping. It is awesome. <laughs> oh, nice. I posted a lot. So yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. I love it. I should do it again. I should do it again. It's been a while. Okay. I'll, it'll be, you know, anyway. All right. Take care. Awesome. Have, a great, have a great Bye-bye. day. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.